Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Have you ever been afraid? Have you ever had lots of what we call anxiety? You just don't know what's going to happen and and it just seems overwhelming and you're afraid. Maybe you've moved to a new school and you don't know if you're going to make any friends and just the thought of that seems overwhelming. Or maybe your mom and dad have told you, hey, we're going to have to move. Your dad's got a better job and you're thinking, oh, I just made friends. I don't want to go there. Or maybe if you're an adult, you just got a new job and you don't know if you're going to make friends on the job and how well you're going to do. Or maybe if you're an adult... You got that brother, that relative, you've got to confront that coworker. You've got this conflict you've got to deal with and the pressure seems so great and the anxiety and the fear. Well, if you've ever felt fearful, if you have ever felt afraid, man, have I got a story for you. If you turn to Joshua chapter 1, we meet a man who might be struggling with fear. And guess what his name is? His name is Joshua. See, Joshua is facing two major obstacles, huge metaphorical mountains that are right ahead of him. And he's thinking, I don't know if I can climb these mountains. These giants in my life seem too big and... The first giant he's got to face, he's got to take over and lead a whole nation. Joshua is going to become the new leader of a nation called Israel here in Joshua chapter 1. But not only that, he doesn't just have to lead Israel. He's got to lead it following the footsteps of of one of the greatest leaders of all time. Joshua has to follow Moses. And Moses had led Israel out of Egypt. And Moses had led Israel through the Red Sea. And Moses had done miracle after miracle after miracle. And it says that there's few prophets that even match the brilliance of Moses. And it says that Moses was the most humble man upon the earth. It says that Moses talked to God face to face as a man talks to his friend. Moses was brilliant and spiritual, and God used him in mighty ways, and Joshua has to follow that? Joshua 
has to follow that? That would be a big fear, wouldn't it? That would just make you quake in your boots. See, Joshua, this whole time coming out of Egypt with Israel, Joshua was Moses' assistant. First time we meet Joshua, he's leading an army into battle on Exodus against the Amalekites. But then later on, Joshua, who is the son of Nun, N-U-N, he's of the tribe of Ephraim. He later on becomes Moses' assistant, and we see him at various important times assisting Moses. He was there assisting Moses when Moses went up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and saw the glory of the Lord. Joshua was there when it says that the tent of meeting, Yahweh would come down and meet with Moses as a friend talks to a friend face to face. Joshua was there. And Joshua was there day in and day out seeing Moses lead. And Joshua was also there when he led, Moses led Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea all the way to the promised land. And now Moses says, let's take it. But first, before we take back the promised land, let's send in 12 spies to just see the lay of the land, to see what's happening, to see how big their fortresses and their cities are, to, to see how many people are in there. And so for 40 days, we're going to send these 12 spies. Well, they sent out 12 spies. And guess who one of the spies was? Joshua. And Joshua got to go into the promised land. And he got to sneak around and hide behind bushes and hide up in trees and go up to cities and pretend to be somebody else to sneak into a city to check it out. And what he saw was amazing. One of their tasks, Moses said, was to bring back some of the fruit that was in the land. And they had huge grapes and they're bringing one of them back and a whole cluster of grapes so that the people could see the, the wonderful things that are growing in this land. And what Joshua saw day after day, they also saw Anakim, which is a fancy word for giants. They saw giant clans or tribes of huge giants. And Joshua looked at them. And he looked at these amazing crops and fruit that they were producing. And he saw the hundreds of people in each town. And he saw these scary giant clans. And he saw how strong and fortified and well fortified with strong walls their cities were. And when Joshua came back with those 12 spies, I think Joshua said, this place is scary. Those giants are huge. Those walls are big. Those cities are well fortified. But we can take it. And he was talking to his friend Caleb, who also thought, that is scary. But look how great this fruit is. Look how big these crops are. This is amazing. Caleb and Joshua were probably talking how scary it could have been, but they knew in their hearts they had Yahweh. 
And yes, these other demonic powers that were loose in the promised land, leading these other tribes of people, they were worshiping other gods and they weren't worshiping the one true God, Yahweh. And these people did look frightening, but they knew their God was way bigger than any God they had. And they, Joshua and Caleb, knew Yahweh could easily defeat their gods. They could take their towns. They could take their people. And they were probably about to turn to the nation of Israel after they came back back to report what they saw, Joshua and Caleb were about to report, we can do this when 10 of those men stood up and said, we can't do this. We can't go in there. They've got giants. Their cities are too strong. Their people are too mighty. And Joshua and Caleb, they, they tried to shut it down, saying, no, we can do this. Yes, they are mighty. Yes, their giant clans are scary. Yes, they are. But our God is greater. And I know we can do this. I know we can do this. But he was drowned out by the ten spies who said no. And the ten spies tried to rebel. And Yahweh said, oh people have let me down. They don't trust me. This is a faithless generation. And so Yahweh turns to Moses and says, listen, you are going to have to wander for 40 years till this faithless generation dies out. And so they wandered around the desert for 40 years till that generation died out, except for two men, Caleb and Joshua. Those were the two men who had eyes of faith. Those were the two men who understood what God wanted and who God was and the God they served. And they were not about to give up on Yahweh. And God saw that and he blessed them and their families. And this whole time, Joshua got to see Moses lead his people as they slowly began to die out and as their children began to rise up because God said, I'm going to make this faithless generation die out. But their kids and their kids, those are the ones that are going to take back the promised land. Well, along the way, he got to see Moses do some amazing miracles. But Joshua... He also got to see Moses make some severe mistakes. And one of the greatest mistakes Moses ever made was when he deliberately disobeyed God and in anger hit a rock. He was about to perform a miracle where water was going to come out of a rock so his people could drink it. But instead of doing what God commanded, he hit it. And for that act of defiance, God said, Moses, you can't lead the people of Israel into the promised land. I'm going to deny you that privilege because you defied me. But someday, Joshua, he's going to lead him. Someday, your assistant Joshua, he's going to take him in. And later on in the book of Deuteronomy, near the end of Moses' life, he brings Joshua in front of the people as they're about to go back into the land. That faithless generation died out. They have a whole new crop of Israelites who are willing to follow God. And Moses is about to take them into the promised land. 
And he says, I can't do it, but Joshua is going to lead you. And he says, be strong and courageous, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. And then we come to Joshua chapter 1. And it says there, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, Moses died. And I wonder what it must have felt like for Joshua at that funeral to see this great, amazing leader and probably a father figure in his life. A man he sought for wisdom and counsel to be dead. Well, God came to Joshua. We don't know exactly how, maybe in a dream, maybe in a vision. But it says the Lord appeared to Joshua and told him, Moses, my servant, He's dead. But guess what? My program isn't. We got to keep moving forward, Joshua. Yes, this great leader's dead, but now you've got to step up. You've got to lead. You're at bat now. Then God says to Joshua, I need you to be strong and courageous. I need you, verse 6, to be strong and courageous. Later on, God says, I need you to be strong and very courageous. And then finally in verse 9, he says, Have not I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Again, I wonder if Joshua struggled with fear. Because Moses said to be strong and courageous. And then God now says to him three times, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to step up and lead for Moses. But secondly, don't be afraid of the people that I'm asking you to wipe out. Because that's the next thing that Joshua was afraid of. He's got to lead the people into the land to wipe out, to fight. There were many, many tribes that had filled up the promised land. And God said, the sin, the iniquity of these tribes has reached such a point that they have to be wiped out. They have to not only be pushed out of the land, which I've promised to you, Joshua, which I promised to the nation of Israel, Joshua. They've not only got to be pushed out of the land, which I promised to Israel, and I'm a promise-keeping God, but because of their sin, justice demands that they be wiped out. This is a holy war, Joshua, and I need you to lead it. I need you to act on my behalf to exact the vengeance, the justice of God upon these people. I need the nation of Israel to fight and to wipe these people out. The Hittites, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the all these ites that are in the land. You've got to wipe them out. And like I said earlier, these, these people scared the ten spies that went in earlier. And they probably frightened the two who knew what was right and wrong, Joshua and Caleb. These were big fortified cities with huge walls. These were not small tribes. They had hundreds of thousands of people in each city. And the other thing is, these tribes, these nations, they were battle ready. They weren't wimps. And Joshua, 
You've got to go into battle against them. You've got to fight them. But I tell you, Joshua, if you go fight them, do not be dismayed. Because I'm going to be with you, God says. Wherever you go, wherever your feet are placed on the ground, I'm there ahead of you. I'm working miracles ahead of you. As I was with Moses, God says, I promise I will be with you. It says there in verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Those 10 commandments that Moses went up and got, and then the other commandments that came out of it. I need you to study those. And I need you to read those. And I need you to meditate on those. And as long as you follow the commands that I've written down in this law and don't depart to the right or to the left, if you just obey me, I'll be your God. You'll be my people. And we will conquer. Be strong and courageous. You can do this, Joshua. So Joshua stood up. Yes, Moses was dead. This great leader was gone. But God asked Joshua to be the new leader. And he was going to obey. And Joshua was going to look at this through those same eyes of faith that made him look in the right way when he went into the land as a spy. He's now going to follow God in the right way now. God has never let him down. Why would he let him down now? So Joshua gets up. He says, I've got a lead. And I wonder if he jumps on a horse and his first duty as the new leader of Israel was to call the men out to battle. And so it says there in Joshua chapter 1 verse 10 that Joshua commanded the officers of the people and he says hey I want you to go through the ranks the camps and I want you to command the people prepare for battle get ready to fight get ready to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess and he probably spoke speech after speech to rally the men to go fight. And then he heads off to talk to three tribes in particular. The Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. See, God said to Joshua and to Moses previously, I'm going to give you this land. And, and he even said to Abraham, I'm going to give you this land. And he gives him the dimensions from the Mediterranean Sea all the way to the Euphrates River. And he says off to the north and down south. This land had dimensions. And now this land was going to be split up according to the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, if you remember, the 12 tribes come out of the 12 sons of Jacob. And God says, I'm going to split this land up. Now, right through the land, or right in the middle of the land, I should say, is this River Jordan. And that's a clear geographical sign that you know where you are. You can tell by the River Jordan. And God says to Joshua, your first job is to cross this river Jordan and to fight and to defeat and to take out 
the city of Jericho. I need you to take out the Canaanites who are in the city of Jericho, and you've got to cross the river Jordan to do it. And Joshua says, all right. Well, God had given land on the east side of the Jordan to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. So in some ways, if I've already got my land, the Reubenites have a nice, spacious area where they can live and begin to grow. The Gadites as well maybe have a nice mountain pass and some beautiful valley. And the half-tribe of Manasseh, they're happy. They've got their land. God's provided it for them. Why should they go fight? Why should they cross the River Jordan and fight with the rest of the Israelites to get the rest of the land when they've already got what they wanted and God gave it to them? Well, Joshua, he's got to go to those three tribes because he needs their manpower. And he's got to remind them that they're part of this nation. And though they have their place of rest, that the men of valor have got to come with them and pass through the Jordan River to come fight. And he's got to rally the troops and get them to do it. Will you do it, Reubenites? Will you do it, Gadites? Will you do it, half-tribe of Manasseh? Will you fight with the rest of Israel and the men and women of those three tribes? They said, sure, yes, we'll do it, Joshua. We will do it. All that you have commanded of us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. We knew we had to fight. We knew we had to do this. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And then the people said to Joshua, We'll follow you only. Be strong and courageous. I wonder if Joshua got tired of hearing this. Like I said, Moses said it in one of his final speeches, commanding Joshua to be strong and courageous. God just got done telling him three times, be strong and courageous. And the men of and the men of valor of the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they said, we'll do it in the end of their speech with Joshua, only be strong and courageous and we'll follow you. Well, Joshua thought to himself, I've got to be strong. I've got to be courageous. And so Joshua turned and he raised his sword. And he, if you want to know what he did next, well, come back next week and you'll find out. But I want to end with this thought. If you know the Lord is your Savior, if you've accepted him as your Savior, if you are doing your best to follow Jesus every single day, be strong. Be courageous. And I don't know what you're going through right now. Maybe you're facing some huge financial difficulty. Maybe you're facing some big fear in your family life. Maybe you're facing some big fear in your children's choices or or, or maybe something at work. Or again, maybe there's some big, huge spiritual battle. And maybe as a child, you're worried about your future and you're scared of this new place you've got to move to. And 
whatever the fear that you are facing that is real and is just as frightening as any giant that Joshua has to face or any battle that he's about to go into and those giants in your life seem massive and overwhelming. If you know the Lord is your Savior, I want to encourage you today. We serve the same God. The Yahweh who came and talked to Joshua it's the same Yahweh who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. And that same Jesus rose again and defeated sin and death and is now sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And man, Jesus says to you, whatever you're facing, whatever you fear, Jesus says, be strong. Be courageous. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.